All right, here we go. We're live. The convo for Oak Ridge Ford back in business. Norm, along with Mike. It is February 13th, 2022. Super Bowl Sunday. I know everyone wants to talk about Bengals, Rams, including Mike. Hey, Mike, uh, can you name the four teams that beat the Bills in the Super Bowl in consecutive years all those decades ago? Giants, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah. Anyway. So I, I just had to start this off with thank you, thank you, some, some supreme bring, negativity. Bring, uh, the bring, back pleasant, bring back pleasant memories. I was just talking on another another podcast <laughs> about my uh, reactions to bad Super Bowl losses, and one of them was I took a, my Jim Kelly jersey off, went outside, and set it on fire. Wow, okay. violence. No, violence. We don't no condone violence. it all the time, but sometimes no, no violence. It just set it on fire. It's like okay, I'm done wearing this jersey, and no, done. But it's a, it's a, it's a violent process. Um, <laughs> we we don't condone it always. Um, the Leafs beating the hell out of the puck over the past two games. 100 shots against Thatcher Demko and Jacob Markstrom, um, respectively but only able to to beat those goaltenders four times. The result, two straight losses uh, to a Calgary and a Vancouver team that were seething to take a piece out of the blue and white, which they did. Mm-hmm. So uh, how does the, you know, the last few days and these two losses temper the momentum that the Leafs had been building over the past month? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hardly going to, you like waving my hands and saying the sky is falling um, over two consecutive losses, especially after they won six in a row. But again, um, I see signs here, especially the last two games you play against Calgary, who's a big, tough team. Um, the Leafs, you know, it's a firmly established, they don't have much toughness in the lineup. Um, but Wayne Simmons is on paternity leave, so he's not there. Mm-hmm. They're forced to go with eleven and seven. Jake Muzzin, who's probably the only other real tough guy on the team at the at that in the lineup, is coming off a concussion. And Nikita Zadorov lays out Andre Kasha, and the only one that come, you know, there's there's no retribution to it because that's playing into Calgary's game. But Morgan Riley has to come and, and respond, and you know that. I think at that point, the game was nothing, nothing at that point. They did score a goal. Sandine scored against Calgary to put, give them a one, nothing lead. But at that point, I thought that they were playing with trepidation. I thought that they weren't playing the, the type of game that they need to play. And Calgary scores four straight, five, actually five straight to make it five, one. And then bunting adds the goal to make it five, two. I just thought they were out muscled. They were out physical. They were intimidated at some point. Uh, in that game, and that was sort of, and they ran into a hot goalie in, in Markstrom, mm-hmm. uh, and then last night, of course, you know Vancouver, the, you know their Stanley Cup is always the game that they play against the Leafs, and they come out, you know, score two quick goals, and okay, the Leafs played a great game, the rest of the contest, but Sheldon Keefe said after the game, uh, the start was terrible. It's like. Mm-hmm. Playing against a goalie like Thatcher Demko, who's a really good goaltender, and you have to work as hard as you worked, yeah. come back to tie that game. You know that's expending a lot of energy, and they did. They they tied it up, a couple power play goals, uh, Matthews and Kasha getting it back to even, and then late in the late in the second period, you know, ding dong, William Nylander strikes. The zealots and, are coming for you, Mike. Do yeah, and, 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 and I, I, I could give a shit less. Yeah. Really, come, come, come at me, come at oh, me. 
because I, I, I like it. The, the thing is, Mike, just looking at the two games, so you go back to Calgary. Sure, they were um, out muscled and out physical, but they, you know, they sh- they they were able to manage forty eight shots. They went over three on the power play. You score a power play goal, one trickles in. It's a it's a much closer contest. Um, I think the the Leafs are relenting in the the whole notion of <clears throat> changing the the complexion of the team from from one that is finesse and, and fast and effervescent to you know one that combines some other you know uh, components including a you know a physical of some physical attributes that may help the team i just think they're going to go with what they've got and if they get out muscled and get beaten up in the playoffs you know the they're just going to throw their hands up in the Vancouver situation is, you know, coming back and tying it up and then giving up the, the eventual game winner, that same period, that's a gut punch. And I got to give the Canucks credit and with Demko, you know, shutting it down, they shut the effing game down in the third period. I'd love to see that from the Leafs for a change. I mean, the Leafs can draw some lessons from these two games against Calgary, maybe step it up a little bit physically. Even if you, even if you, don't you you're not supposed to be that kind of player i don't know do something physical and then in the 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 next breath when you're up in a game by a a goal and you have a period to play shut the fucking thing down i i would put more more emphasis on demko facing 50 plus shots and 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 maintaining that lead because he was fantastic but you know what what i was referring to before was um they tied the game and late in the late in the second period there was a, an exit out of the defensive zone, and mm-hmm. Tavares along the wall throws a saucer pass to Nylander. And it was not a great pass, but it was not a terrible pass. And Nylander turns it over, and it goes the other way, and Lamico scores what, what was the eventual game winner. And, you know, I said, there's there's another there's another William Nylander turnover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then the the, the Nylander cult comes out and, and, and is bashing. And this is, this is the thing. It's like, okay – was it a great pass by Tavares? No. Was it a was did did uh, Marazic come up big? No. It started with the turnover, and I had people say, "Well, Mitch Marner turned over the puck, of uh, course, third period, and somebody else and somebody yep. else turned over the puck uh, in yep. the third period." And I says those didn't end up in the back of the net, and if you, and this this is the thing, I'm the one who, when the All-Star announcements were announced, said William Nylander deserved to be in the All-Star game. Because at that point, he was playing – he was scoring at a point-per-game pace. He was playing good defensively. He was showing consistency of effort. Look at the last month. He's minus 11. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's not a coincidence. He's not – all of a sudden, he's playing like – it's, you know, it was, you know, uh, doc, doctor, uh, or uh, Mr. Willie, or Doctor yeah. Nealander, he's Mr. Willie right now. Mm-hmm. He's just turned into he's turned into the guy who is you know, and he's not scoring any mu- anymore. Not scoring anymore, or at least not mm-hmm. as consistently as he was. Yep. I mean, this is a problem. I mean, if it's all on Matthews and Marner, and to a lesser extent Tavares, then this team is not as effective. They need Nealander to score and to play effectively and he's not the only one but he is the he is one of that core four that is being dependent on to carry the burden of offense and when he's not it's more more of a burden on the other ones yeah Uh, most of the zealots who you know propagate the propaganda about william nylander you know if they're not russian bots they're they're you know, they're Joe Rogan 
Donald Trump-esque in their fervent dedication to one guy. Um, and it is what it is. That's that's what social media is for. And I mean, like he is like the guy is like, uh, you know, Two, okay, here we worship go. the ground, he, the ice he skates on. And that's that's fine. In a you know from from a hockey perspective, if he's not scoring, the thing is the Leafs' offense is diverse enough that someone else will pick up the slack, and Nylander will get get hot again. Right, let, me, um, let me let me just let me just lay it out statistically for the for the analytics people: two goals, six assists in thirteen games. That's eight points mm-hmm. minus eleven. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Minus eleven. That's tough to do. Yeah. Well, we're not beholden to the, the, the analytics people. We're not beholden to anybody. We just do whatever we want. We say what we want. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And I know some people don't like when I put it that way, but I don't know what the hell is this. You're not paying for it. We can say what we want. Uh, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to see, look at the hats. Crazy. I agree. The hats, uh, needs to be fixed. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a collective and, you know, some, some players are, are, are going to, um, you know, drop in production and, and they're going to be exposed and they're going to be criticized. Those same players have opportunity to, to, to shuffle back up uh, into a position where they're playing to, to their strengths and, and um, you know, the stats, uh, you know, bear those strengths out. So uh, Nylander should be fine. Um, but, uh, you know, and that's the hope, you know, Jack Campbell hasn't exactly played the, the, the greatest hockey of late too. And we can, connect that to fatigue you know, just maybe the chickens coming home to roost on this guy temporarily um you know the the jury really is still out uh, guys we wanted to get into some questions that you left for us uh, on the platform youtube.com slash the leafs combo that is where this um is this even a podcast this is where the combo is streaming right now live um mr christ 2002 Wayne train was missing. I still think they look soft against Calgary. We missed Zach on the back end. And I don't see Clifford adding much thoughts for trading for some muscle. Um, I I think they're just going to do away with it and go with the group they have. And I don't see how, you know, bringing in a a bit of a knuckle dragger or somebody who, you know, one guy who uh, focuses more on a physical game will come in and ignite this team. This this team is what it is. Well, um, I think you cannot go into the playoffs with nobody that can push back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to all of a sudden turn this team into, into the 2011 Bruins. Mm-hmm. But you do need, I think that, you know, to the point of the, the questioner that, you know, they miss Zach Bogosian on the, on the bottom pairing as a physical presence as somebody yep. in front of the net on the power that will clear the front of the, net of the power play and occasionally would throw a big check. Um, you know, Muzzin, I, I think last night he threw, he threw a nice check against someone and, you know, that's his game, but they, they need more of that. And I mean, if they're going to go out and get a defenseman at the deadline and it's a rental, it's going to be somebody like a Josh Manson or Arista Linen who's physical, but they're not, you know, they're not all of a sudden going to be coming, becoming the, the broad street bullies. It's just, you know, you need to protect your skill and, you know, Wayne Simmons can, can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he can't be the only one to do mm-hmm. that. And, you know, Kyle Clifford for all, you know, Kyle Clifford is a good character guy. But Kyle Clifford is, you know, he's a he's a 33 year old now journeyman 
who you know is not a great skater any longer, but he's he's a good guy. And you know, if he in a pinch, like in a playoff situation where you need to insert somebody in the lineup, I think he can help you. But he's not <laughs> he's not a guy who's going to play in your top nine. <laughs> if he can't skate, what good is? <laughs> well, it's it's, be, it's better than well. I mean, you know. We'll talk about <laughs> what's all he can do is skate, wear a uniform, and just take up four minutes of ice time. Erish, yeah. uh, thoughts on Colin Miller as an option for the Leafs to get? Erish, OG convert from the very beginning. Very beginning. Erish, wherever you are, man, thanks for well, all the I, support over the years, buddy. Well, okay, I, I see where Erish is going, and I've written about this in terms of, um, you know, the DNA of Colin Miller. He's a rental. He's uh, a right shot defenseman. There have been rumors over the years that the Leafs have been interested in him going back to when he was in Boston before he went to Vegas. And then he, you know, then he went to Buffalo. Problem is, is that he's making close to 4 million bucks. Yeah. And even if Buffalo retained 50%, that's a $2 million cap hit. I don't think he's a top four defenseman. I think he's a bottom pairing guy. And I don't think that I would rather play Sandine and Lilligren in a playoff scenario because they have a future instead of a rental in Colin Miller. If you want to pick up Colin Miller as a free agent for a million bucks next year, fine. But I'm not going to spend, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm not going to, and, and Colin Miller has, you know, the DNA of these played for the Sioux Greyhounds. So that's why everybody connects him to, to the Leafs. Um, I don't think, that you know they may give up next to nothing to get him but i don't think he really helps he doesn't really move the ball he's not a difference maker they need a top four right shot physical defenseman to play with muzzin or somebody like giordano who played with brody and then you can move riley with muzzin you need a top four defenseman and i don't think colin miller's a top four defenseman so just going back to last year the whole reason why kyle dubas acquired joe thornton is because he is a Sue Greyhound alum, even though Kyle Dubas was in diapers when uh, Joe Thornton. <laughs> like, yeah. for the, it's all, I'm still trying to connect the dots from the past. Never mind what's uh, going on right now. Uh, Matthew Evangelista wants to know what's going on with Martin Marinson. And uh, then that's, I'm just throwing that out there. Matthew was I, nice enough to type some words into the community, and we appreciate that. The name Martin Marinson is one that I had forgotten about, but um, did he, is he still alive? What's his situation? He's playing for Slovakia in the Olympics, and, yeah. I, and I don't care. He's, he's not going to be a big piece to dangle out there before the trade uh, deadline? No, no, thank you. Uh, Rob M., it seems we can all agree that a trade for Hole and Dermot, uh, we wouldn't lose much sleep over it if we got rid of these guys. And, and again, uh, this sort of typifies the mentality. These guys suck. Let's trade them. But the, yeah, not... the, the potential um, you know, okay. business partners in this transaction would believe guys like uh, Hall and Dermot suck too. So why would they want them? And why? what would we get back for them? It makes no sense. Well, That's part of a package as a throw-on, right? Well, let, let's, let's just say this because, I mean, they're not probably not going to trade Hall or – Dermot, unless they need to clear the cap space um, to add somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, the whole purpose of adding a top four defenseman is to, is to improve your depth. And it's unlikely that they're going to acquire a defenseman and then move out a defenseman because right now their defense is seven deep and seven deep is not good enough for the playoffs. You need mm -hmm. probably eight or nine defensemen to be able to make it 
uh, in a playoff scenario. And, you know, you're going to have guys who get hurt. And we've seen we've seen it in the past, folks. You know, one defenseman gets hurt, and then who are you who are you playing? You're playing Martin Marinson. So, nice. you know, I I think they're going out and acquiring a defenseman to add to the group, and then if you trade somebody like Hall or Dermott, it may be next year. And there'll be teams out there looking for a defenseman because you know they're not making a lot and they have one year left in their contracts. But I I don't I don't yeah yeah Cody Franz yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's that's where I, I stand there. I think that they're going to add. But I don't think they're going to subtract unless mm-hmm. they have to move out one of those guys to clear cap space. And remember, next year, Sandine's or next summer, Sandine's contract is up. Lawyergren's contract is up. There's been talk of them maybe flipping one of those guys. I would be opposed to that because I think Sandine and Lawyergren are good defensemen and they're cheap right now. But maybe they trade one of them before they have to pay them. Mm. Aki Berg's available. Yeah, no, thank you. No. no. Um, Brandon Copeland, do you think the Leafs will land Chariot or Manson? If not, who else could be an option? I mean, we've, we've thrown those guys' names out um, in the past. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're possibilities. But, you know, we, we hear, well, don't do this guy because he lacks this. Don't do this guy because he lacks this or he's too much. Or, But, again, you're, it's not as if the Leafs are wanting to acquire – a bona fide future Hall of Fame stalwart guy who will completely reshape the the mosaic back there. It's who can come in and help this team get to where it needs to go. And what are you, what is what are what is that player in this moment for what you think you'll get from them temporarily worth to you long term? And and that's that's a big that's a big decision for Kyle Dubas to make and one that you know he may confront and pass on. I mean, we have to get ready for Jeff Finger, too. Eh? How about Johnny uh, Harris with the Jeff Finger reference? Yurke, Lume, Corey Cross. Let's go down the list. Uh, Chris in the chat said, you know, Manson is the guy, but Toronto is on his no-trade list. Uh, Friedman said that, you know, that doesn't mean that they it, it's impossible that they get him, but I think that the, the roadblock there is Anaheim is in the playoff race. Yeah. So okay. If Anaheim is in the playoff race, are they going to trade one of their top four defensemen? It, yep. it, it's unlikely. I point to Bristolainen in, in Philadelphia, but you're probably going to have to give up a first-round pick at least to get him, and that's that's a high price. But I, I think it, you know, right now I don't think they can beat Florida or Tampa as they're currently constructed with the defense that they have. Uh, especially, you know, right now Campbell is a good goalie and not the great goalie who played in October or November. You need a better defense to be able to carry you through the playoffs, especially against a team like Tampa, who's won two straight cups, or Florida, who's the best team in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Jeez, yeah, just just when you think you're you're making strides, then we start to overanalyze it and we we get ourselves in check pretty quick. This is the Leafs combo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. Check out my uh, Bronco hoodie. Uh, use my Ford Pass points to to grab that. If any of the OGs or converts has a late model Ford, you probably have Ford Pass on your phone. Uh, if you have it on an Android, great. If you have it on an iPhone, you're civilized. Um, here's the th- Mike. That was a shot at you. Um, we are uh, looking for pre-owned cars right now. Cars that we can sell, not not export. We we get a lot of traffic uh, to this platform. If you know somebody who wants to sell a car, 
I'd like to buy it. I'm a car seller. I'm not necessarily a buyer, but uh, we're light on inventory in the next month and a bit is going to be a bit of a cluster F uh, with the business because of you know things at the border and uh, parts shortages and stuff like that. But everything will iron itself out. Just got to believe that. Uh, but we are looking for pre-owned cars. If you know anybody who wants to sell, maybe even yourself, if you're not driving, um, I could definitely make you an offer on it. And then if, if you refer to me, uh, I can hook you up with the Leafs Combo sweater or I can, you know, uh, compensate you with a gift card or something like that. I mean, that's that's what I do to say thank you for for helping us do what we want to do um, from from a, a car perspective. And um yeah, from a hockey perspective, I appreciate everything you guys do for us. We just put our order of uh, the latest round of Leafs Convo hoodies in with our supplier, Talbot, in London. It's going to be amazing. They're going to look awesome. Different colors, the placement of the logo in the front of the chest. It's in the left, uh, left-hand left corner of the um, of the shirt, uh, down the arm. And, you know, I really appreciate all of the, the support. The whole concept behind the, the hoodie and the swag is to just you know have allow you to have something to uh rep us with to remember us by um it not certainly not a, a money-making endeavor uh whatsoever mike let's uh press forward here with uh, a few more questions be skinny do the leafs fold when they get their nose bloodied uh the expectation is they will fold they will if they get their oh. nose bloodied if they're somehow you know their talent is supreme over the the opposition's game plan as physical as it it might be at the time then you know they'll be able to cross that threshold but until then yeah they'll fold well i mean that might be the expectation i'm not going to say that they're going to do that i mean i think that uh you know there's a lot of pride there there's a lot of talent there uh it's just a question i mean again not to not to re-legislate what happened last year but i think they beat montreal if john tavares doesn't get hurt you know but so but he did and well they could have used his offense Right. I mean, exactly. And and you have to notice the fact that Marner and Matthews were didn't contribute much after game four. So, I mean, but the thing is, they're not going to have a cakewalk of playing against a team like Montreal uh, this time around. Unless they win the Atlantic division, which is probably unlikely, they're going to face Tampa or face Florida in the first round. And how do they combat that? Now, those teams can play with skill and they can play with Sam, also play with sandpaper. Mm-hmm. Tampa is extremely experienced when it comes to the playoffs. So um, I, I don't expect them to fold, but what I expect, I, you know, right now they're underdogs to either one of those teams in the playoffs. And what I'm wondering is if they do lose, what is the next move? And is it going to be Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan who make the next move, or is it going to be somebody else? And that's, I think we, will be the first thing to be chosen right after the playoffs uh, unless they advance and have some success. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the thing, right? If this team is smooth sailing, Chris, thanks uh, so much for your contributions. And I'm getting all your messages, bud. So i going to check out this wrestling project. If it's smooth sailing and this team is beating, you know, coming from behind to win games and, you know, you know, the, the propaganda is out there that this, this team has turned the corner. Um, and, and but nothing is uh, uh, done to address its traditional shortcomings. I mean, is that worse than um, this team, you know, winning three, losing two and a half and, and, you know, kind of pushing forward, maybe settling back into a spot that's a little more modest and, uh, you know, keeping 
um, keeping management on its toes right up until the deadline to to never never mind the pomp and circumstance of points and all these wins in the regular season. We all know that the playoffs are are, are what matters here. And you know if you, if you win um, again, if if you if you're a facade, right? If you're just a facade during the season, this looks great, and then you get in the playoffs, it's the same old bloody story. Uh, everyone's going to lose their job, and the team is going to be ramified and dismantled. Maybe it's good that they're having some of these problems. Maybe there it's good right now that the uh, that the issues are being exposed, so that the team can properly or do its best to properly address them at the deadline to take a legitimate shot at moving forward. And Marcus, I'm going to get to your question. Answer that one, Mike. Well, I mean. I think Kyle Dubas recognizes what what this team needs to be going into the playoffs. And, you know, we saw the report last night from Elliot Friedman that, you know, they're exploring trading Nick Ritchie because they have to open up cap space to make to make the move that they need to make. And I don't know if they're not going to get anything of consequence back for Ritchie. They might yeah, actually please have to... and thanks. Right. That's a please well, and I thanks. Mean, well, he's I mean, he, he failed to, to do what they needed him to do. They yeah. thought he was going to be a second line, right. third line left winger, and he can't keep up with the pace, and he's just not been a, a solution. I mean, they, hey, the way I look at it is Dubas hit on three of four. He hit on Kampf. He hit on Kasha. He hit on Bunting. He missed on right. That's that. I'll take a 750 batting average. Yep. The problem is, is that the two that he hit, the, the two that Jeepies. were the worst, <laughs> were, the two that were the worst. And I, I, I think Morazic's a, a fine veteran goaltender, and he, he's going to play down the stretch, and they need him to play well, and he's played pretty decently the last month. But the ones that have been the least successful have been the ones that they spent the most money on. One mm -hmm. was Morazic, and the goaltender market is expensive, and if they have to trade him. Um, they will be able to, and they'll be able to probably get something back next in, in the summer if they sign Campbell. And Richie has just been a failure. And it, you can't say that the, the you know, people think like the signing like Joe Wall to a three year extension was sort of insignificant. It's not because Joe Wall might be your backup next year. Right. They signed him for less than $800,000. He's shown that he's capable. I mean, it is in the yeah. cup of coffee that he's had. So yeah, the, the, you know, the issue, the issue with him is staying healthy and, right. you know, he went down to the Marlies and her, got hurt, but I think they, they have enough confidence in the fact that mm -hmm. he is, he is a, a, a good NHL goaltender and they'll take a chance on him, but you know, they signed him for less than $800,000. And that means, um, you know, they're, you'll have a backup less than a million bucks. And if he plays well, that's, extremely you know extremely uh, a, a really good thing to have let's just say so so not only does Kyle Dubas need to make solid moves between now and the trade deadline that'll benefit his team he's looking for teams to do him a solid by taking some of his mistakes off his hands and uh you know that's easier said than done so Marcus Daly's been pressing me uh in community and now here uh just about um you know this team uh, where it stands now versus last year's team. And if what we're seeing right now is any better than what we saw last year, I mean, statistically, you, you know, we can uh, make a case that if the Leafs continue this pace, they will be the, maybe the best regular season team that uh, the franchise has ever produced. Does that mean this team is better than last year's team? Um, they have a better record. Yeah, sure. 
and, but, and, and that and that's and that's the thing, right? I, I, I am I more excited about what I'm seeing now than I was last year? No, it, uh, but it's uh, they're it's they're very they're very equal, and time will tell uh, if this team if this group um, can pr- produce greater than last year's group. And Mike, you did make a good point. Look, the Leafs were up three games to one against the Habs, and then they they shit the bed and 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 just fell apart. Like they they just they lost their nerve uh, to use a, a you know a soccer expression, um, because I know you do that all the time, Mike. You know, oh, yeah. any, anytime you can inject uh, soccer in, into the conversation, you do. Yeah. So I do but, that all the time. But you're right, John, you know, in, in that first game, they lost John Tavares to that hit, and that was demoralizing. They they. They plowed through, uh, got ahead in the series, and then lost lost their nerve. John Tavares was on the ice, he and he was healthy. He probably could have accounted for a couple a couple of goals that the team needed to move through. And it's a co- brand new story. Um, you know, the the team d- doesn't have a lot of uh, physical firepower to combat those Calgarys and and some of those teams that they're going to face down the stretch and may may encounter in the playoffs. So. Uh, Marcus, I, I'm not trying to duck it here, but I, I can't really say that this team is, um, you know, the eye test tells me this team is certainly better than last year's team because last year's team was pretty darn good too. But the circumstances were different, playing the same group over and over again. The the league has opened up now. And it's not like the Leafs have lost too, too many steps. But for for what they are, the the offensive juggernaut that, that they are on paper – they are living up to the billing and scoring goals to start, scoring goals to finish, scoring goals in abundance, um, and then the power plays a lot better. So yeah, in that respect, I mean they're just as good or, or slightly better than they were last year. But as a whole, uh, certainly the uh, jury is still out. Cal Morali, our good buddy, another OG going back years, wants to know universal designated hitter, yay or nay, Michael? Uh, Let's not end this podcast with a contentious knock him down, drag him out absolutely designated hitter across the board why do i want to why do we want to waste in at bat i don't care about uh, max scherzer coming to the plate i don't care about that at all it's so you know one in a million youtube clips of some relief pitcher who just got called up hitting a bomb off of a like who cares i want to see somebody who can rake at the plate all nine guys forget pitchers hitting i, I know that like i'm i'm an american league fan i've been a yankee fan since i was 8 years right. old um, so the DH is something that I, you know, it's been a part of everything that I watch, but I know national league fans and they hate this. And the, there's always a differentiation between national league and American league because of, you know, double switches and all the strategy that goes along with the pitcher hitting. Um, I think it sucks in say the world series where a team that doesn't have a pitcher hit all year in the biggest games of the year have to, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you would have, this would have been put off if you just said, okay, DH for everybody in the world series mm-hmm. that you're hitting. Right. Uh, but now I think, you know, first of all, there is nothing that Rob Manfred is doing in baseball that I will agree with. He's a piece of crap. He's a, one of the worst commissioners in professional sports. And it has nothing to do with the universal DH. It has to do with everything else he's doing with the game, like putting runners on second base and extra innings and all the other crap. He's I thought terrible. that was temporary. Well, the it's the it's it it, it didn't go away last year. Oh I mean, wait, are we are we allowed to talk about baseball right now with the lockout going on? Whoa. Should we? Um, yeah, I mean, it's such a great, like, 
hopefully like if they if they don't play games and they push the season back for god's sakes i mean they've had enough problems with covid and everything like that get your shit together it's, um, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see baseball until july i'm telling you right now yeah and dante bichette can't even play a game of bloody catch with his kid uh without having to resign his position um as you know whatever he is the associate coach like dante like uh like bo bichette needs his hand held by his father um i mean that's that's another story i love bo bichette by the way I just love the way he, his approach at the plate and stuff like that and again i'm for opening the hall of fame doors to all of the drug users or the suspected drug users just open it up and go look Great. this guy played in an era that uh, many believe uh, was affected uh, or could have been tarnished by, you know, um, substance uh, use and all this kind of stuff. You can't you can't wipe them off the map and say they don't they're not a part of the history of the game just because it was such oh. a rampant issue at the time. And there are some people in the Hall of Fame, Mike. There are some players who are, you know, are implicated and, in the whole. And if if say. If there is a player that has found out that he did steroids and he is in the Hall of Fame, he should be kicked out of the Hall of Fame. Oh God, the righteous, the righteous brothers. It, yeah, come on now, we got to contemporize this thing. We we have to we confront everything else, right? And then once, again, you know, once, I mean, once a cheater, always a cheater. But anyway, oh, for God's sakes, no, there's no more feared hitter in the history of the game than Barry Bonds. That's why he was walked with the bases loaded. How many intentional passes was yeah. he given? And he looked like he looked like a twig when he started with Pittsburgh. And he looked like the Michelin Man when he was in San Francisco. So there you go. When Jimmy Leland laid the smackdown on him. All right, all right, whatever. Uh, vindictive Raider. I am legitimately convinced that Dubas does not want a hard hitting, tough team. I. He wants. He believes in skill, but I also believe. I also believe that he recognizes that you can't have a team that is pure skill. Uh, that that's going to win in this league. You you saw with Tampa Bay, they lose to Columbus, uh, and Columbus with some of the same players like you know Josh Anderson playing physically against them, which he did against the Leafs in uh, last year. Mm -hmm. um, they they out physical them, and then the following year after they added Coleman and Goudreau and uh, um. Uh, Bogosian and Patrick Maroon, they were able to push back and they beat Columbus. So I, I, you know, like, I think you need a mix. I think Kyle Dubas knows that. Um, I think he's been looking for a while for the, that, that defenseman who can play physically, mm -hmm. but I don't know if he wants to pay the price. Uh, I think, you know, I, ideally, I think he wants to get somebody who has term, um, but we'll see if he can. He's got over a little over, he's got five weeks to do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Alan Kwiatkowski in the chat. Let Pete Rose in. Um, <laughs> it's a freaking carnival. If you let Pete Rose in. Hey, Alan, thanks for that uh, video that you sent me. And this is a personal message to us. But is there any way you can uh, change the format like MP4 or something? I'm having difficulty trying to um, add it to uh, StreamYard. I'd like to show um, the, the OGs and, and the fans of the podcast uh, what what our listeners do for us. If you can change that format uh, send that back to me my bigger band rolling stones or led zeppelin i'm still on the zeppelin kick and i i'm just completely immersed and i i don't know what i was thinking for years i never even cared now i'm like holy I'm, shit. 
I'm more of a Zeppelin fan, but I, if you asked Robert Plant, he'd say the Stones because I remember him with it, it, doing an interview with, uh, with George Stephanopoulos. Uh, or no, uh, George uh, Stephanopoulos. No, I'm uh, sorry. George just... Stephanopoulos. Wow, you Democrat, you. What the no, fuck? no, no. Well, I, I just oh, saw him on TV. I just saw him on TV. I had a vomit. Uh, but no, but Strombo had, had uh, Robert <laughs> And Robert Plant was asked to choose between the Stones and the Beatles, and he took the Stones. So I think well, I I take the Beatles uh, and the Stones any day. Yeah, I mean the 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 yeah, I think Led Zeppelin changed the game in in so many ways. Three hundred million albums sold, and what did they put? And I had nine albums. Like mm-hmm. it was just the they. I don't think I don't think we can really comprehend how large they were. They kind of folded on uh, under the weight of the band and obviously everything that were that were, was going on. But it is it is interesting though. Um, just reading about Robert Plant once his buddy Bonham died. That was it. That broke his heart, and I think he wanted to distance himself from the project. Yeah. But it was also a money maker. And as he went on. I think he realized that Jesus thing is a lot larger than I had hoped it would become. And he had a great, he had a great solo career. I mean, his he had so great solo albums. I mean, he had Phil Collins on a couple of them and yeah. produced them. I mean, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And he's singing with Allison Krauss. I know that. Uh, yeah, Sarah, that's Sarah, that's Maglo- awesome. Sarah McLaughlin turned him down, and and that's where you kind of veered off into the um, Sergio Mendez. Sarah Sarah turned him down, but she didn't turn me down. So that's the thing. I. I my whole life hip-hop hip-hop growing up where i did i mean that's the music i listened to as a kid high school uh r&b and and now i'm just as i at my age and i'm just finding out about uh you know ex, uh, exploring the history of different bands and the two bands right now that i'm just like i i'm just obsessed with steely dan i love it and, and uh led zeppelin i mean steely dan holy shit if you yeah. want to listen to music that is done right Good Lord. And again, it's just like the influences that they got, they, they they mastered, and then they've influenced so many bands. And Led Zeppelin, I mean, I don't know if there's, besides the Beatles, a more influential band. We are like the Led Zeppelin of, of Leafs, podca- uh, Leafs podcast that not a lot of people listen to. So, you know, you can be Paige and I'll be, I'll be Plant. Um, why don't we wrap this up, man, with a little prediction on the what is it? Super Bowl 40, 50, 60? I think it's 56. I don't 50, know. 56. So we've got the Rams and the Bengals. Yeah. I'd like to see the Bengals win because I don't have they ever won a Super Bowl? No. They've been, they've been around. They're 0 and 2. Now is Icky Woods. I don't even know if he's alive. Will, yeah, he, yeah. will he will he hand the Lombardi trophy? To, no, uh, no, Goodell will hand it to the owner. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I my prediction is 31 17 uh Rams. Right. Right. And is and 31 17 chicken wings go into your system? Uh, uh yeah, usually it's about a bucket and a half, but uh and, and I'm, you I'm, are in the epicenter of the the chicken wing phenomenon. Yes. What is a buffalo chicken wing anyway? Is there saber sauce put on it? Well, chicken wing, the buffalo sauce is the hot sauce, is just the hot sauce with the butter. And uh, I, I personally, I, you know, since I've been eating that all my life, I'm, I, I, you know, go with barbecue or something, garlic something or, you know, whatever. I, I, I try something different. But. So do you get the hot sauce from Wegmans or Tops? I don't make the wings myself. I buy them some from someplace else. just else. referencing every. 
Yes. Yeah. Super duper. There you go. <laughs> All right, Mike. Anything else you want to add? I mean, no. like it's the Leafs. Oh, one more thing. Leafs. Leafs at Seattle. Yeah. This is the first game they played against the Kraken, right? It's the is first game. The maiden voyage. Yes, and I'll just say this: if they lose to Seattle, then I think you're going to have people panicking again. And you yeah. know, there's a very good shot they're going to lose to Seattle, and not because the Leafs stink or they can't live up um, to the moment, but. I mean, this West Coast road trip isn't going according to plan so far. So why not cap it off with a triumphant loss? All right. We'll find out. Okay, OG's Converse, thanks so much for your support. Um, you can subscribe to the channel if you want. You can like this content. Uh, hit the, the little bell icon on YouTube for more indicators as to what we're going to be doing. Mike and I are planning to do two shows a week leading up to the deadline and beyond. Just really depends on our schedules. Um, yeah, guys, thanks a lot for all your feedback. From Mike, I'm Norm. Talk to you soon.